This is JFM Podcast. Politics determines how much of our desired society we experience. I assure you that we shall do even better. I assure you I will secure the country. Immediately this government came, they took measures, things improved, but it didn't last long and it wasn't sustained. And what has happened thereafter is that things have deteriorated to a level that was inconceivable. From every corner of the world, we bring politics, operations right to your comfort zone, home and abroad. We keep you abreast of everything that relates to decision making and more. The solution is basically that those who are presently in government must listen. They must listen to citizens. They must listen to experts. There is no point in this arrogance. Join the impeccable duo of Ponsak Fanap and Obayemi Akiyode on Nigeria at Sunset. Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m. on J101.9 FM. Very good evening to you. Welcome uh, to Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jones. Uh, I feel, you know, blessed and uh, honored to welcome you to the show tonight. Well, my name is Ponsak Fanab. Today is the 25th day in the month of March 2021. Of course, is here. Good evening. How's it going? Very good. Good evening, listeners. Uh, well, I feel better today. I mean, uh, I've just got to just tell the people to find a way to keep staying alive. Once again, welcome to Nigeria Sunset. Yeah, well, uh, stay alive one and po- thrive. I mean, that's, that's the most important thing right now. Uh, this country is not giving us so much to be excited about. Uh, you know, what the government is supposed to provide in terms of security. It seems every one of us, we are all chairmen in our own local government because you provide your security, you provide your, your you know, basic, your uh, light, your electricity, you provide everything for yourself. I saw a picture yesterday on one of the social media platforms where, you know, they're using generator to service a transformer. And I said, you get to see all of these ironies in this country, and that's just what makes us who we are. But yeah. Well, not it doesn't make our, our country. We should hope for the better. Really. I mean, we that, hope for the better. definitely. Yeah, but you know, really uh, interesting. Um, today we're going to talk about merits of issues. Uh, Polytechnic uh, lecturers on strike. Uh, we're going to understand what are the contending issues therein. Of course, uh, the sighting of the Federal Polytechnic in Shandam. Uh, last week, we told you, broke the news to you, a group, you know, uh, saying that that was in the deal, for example. They said that uh, uh, that uh, that is in where the Polytechnic is cited, uh, it's not supposed to be there. And the law stipulate or the bill establishing Federal Polytechnic Shandam is supposed to be in Shandam, not anywhere else apart from Shandam. I'm going to understand uh, this issue. And, you know, basically it's just going to be local, local stories. And, of course, the bickering between the uh, All Progressives Congress and the People's Democratic Party over the um, revoking of the La Long Legacy Project. You know, we're going to talk about that. Uh, how much, you know, I know that that award, contract was awarded for $49 billion, uh, but like two months or 
I think it was last month, I've forgotten. Uh, it was reviewed downward to 29 billion uh, because the state, you know, complained that they can't keep up, uh, keep, keep up with the obligation, you know, that. And of course, you know, um, the, you know, some just contending issues, basically. And right now, the state government, in its wisdom, have revoked. So the issue is that will the Lalong administration, uh, you know, leave abundant project? Because when he came on board in 2015, one thing he told Plato people was that he's not going to leave a abandoned project. In fact, he said that he's going to continue with uh, the uh, project of his predecessor, his, um, that is the Babajang administration, for example. Uh, but what are we going to get? You know, is he going to leave abandoned? So we're going to talk about this and many more issues. But let's look at uh, some stories. The federal government has finally admitted that they can continue to pay 120 billion naira monthly uh, for petrol subsidy. Uh, the Minister of State for Petroleum Resources, Timiripri Silva, said this at the fifth edition of the Special Ministerial Briefings coordinated by the Presidential Communications uh, Team. The General Manager of the NNPC, Mele Kiari, said while the actual cost of importation and handling charges amounts to 234 naira per litre, the government is selling at 162. Well, I always buy fuel at 165 naira per litre. And he continued that sooner or later, Nigerians will have to pay the actual cost for the commodity. Now it's taking us backward. Instead of for us to move forward, it's taking us uh, backward. Because during the Jonathan administration, I mean, there was adequate awareness uh, by the then administration of former President uh, Gulag Jonathan. But, you know, Nigerians protested, saying that uh, subsidies are fraud, that, it, you know, uh, and Jonathan said that, look, I'm going to, instead of uh, using that money for subsidy for something else, cost of transportation is going to go high. So, uh, oh, it's better. I mean, show P, but, mm. you know, you find it uh, right now. Uh, well, even with clear situation, Kerry did not refer to the cost as subsidy. He merely said the NMPC pays between 100 and 120 billion a month to keep the pump price at the current levels. Unfortunately, um, the same people that are giving justification for why you know they cannot continue to do this were part of the people that led the protests uh, against former president good lord jonathan and it boils down to one particular issue yes the world is evolving things are changing you know the price of petroleum in the market is not stable at some point it came as low as 31 naira uh, 31 dollar per barrel in the international market and i think last month we mm. got to 70 71 naira per bar dollar per barrel that's the highest that we've got in about 16 months so I even look at the benchmark of, you know, petroleum uh, price in, according to the budget of this budget, country. Yeah. A lot of things have been changing, but uh, this is the point. I remember about two weeks ago when the news filtered, the rumor filtered that the PPPRA had fixed uh, a price to be 212 naira. Before you could say Jack Robinson, the news had spread around like wildfire so, yeah. and, you know, a lot of fuel stations already implemented the new price. That's why the fact that it was a rumor. I mean, not like they took delivery of new products. It's the ones they've had in their storage they just you know adjusted their pump price and before you could say what is going to the new price so it's just about transparency now you understand if you say you're spending about 100 to 120 billion every month to subsidize for and we don't have a functional refinery now we're talking about using about 1.5 billion dollars to renovate a refinery when you can build a refinery for as low as 4 billion 6 billion yes yeah, so for me it's, it's always going to be very important how these messages goes out to the people 
Look at what the world is going through right now. Look at what Nigerians are going through. The, the, the effect of the pandemic, the effect of the NSAS movement. A lot of people lost their businesses. A lot of people lost their sources of income. A lot of people lost their, you know, uh, you know, pl- the place of work. So Absolutely. Nigerians are trying to put their feet to understand how these things work. Now look at the conversation about the minimum wage. Some states are saying, you know what? We cannot pay the new minimum. We have to go back to 18,000 naira. Now look at the issue within labor. Today is strike. Uh, tomorrow, yesterday, all over, I think it's all over Nigeria. I know a plateau state for a certain that the NLC are doing the protest. They locked the gate of the plateau state house of assembly yesterday. So that's Passan Parliamentary yeah, uh, workers staff. So there seems to be a lot of problem now. So if you say you're removing subsidy as it were, that means that the PPR now would have to dictate the price because we don't have a functional finance. So the government does not have the control. Now it is an open market. You bring in your commodity, we buy it from you, and Nigerians would have to be buying for. As high as the 212 naira that it's, it's, people like uh, 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 the, the special uh, assistant to Mr. President on public affairs now uh, that we interviewed last uh, week a Friday, jury, yeah. a jury came out to say that for the month of March, that's one thing I picked from that interview. He insisted that in the month of March, there's nothing like increment. So we don't know, maybe it's going to be April. And I yeah. think that was the question you were trying to prove to uh, 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 He said to that, that uh, soon, you know, and I asked him how soon. How soon well, the, the vice soon? president who, you know, visited the Najee Delta when he was acting in the capacity of president, you know, said that they were going to create modular refineries, you know, in the country, sort of to regulate the illegal uh, refineries, you know, uh, in the creeks of the Niger Delta, you know, people are into illegal bunkering. But I, I, I don't know whether is should I call it a policy somersault? Well, I, I do not know. But today, the House of Representatives, for example, um, uh, sought for the relief of Casino Market Fire. Um, uh, the House of Representatives has called for the intervention of the federal government to provide soccer for victims of the recent fire incident at the Casino Central Market in Casino State. The House particularly urged the Federal Minister of Humanitarian Affairs, Disaster Management and Social Development, the National Emergency Management Agency and other relevant agencies to provide relief materials to the victims for their survival and business reactivation. Well, good thing uh, because, I mean, banditry, people are trying to uh, make ends meet, but yet again, you know, fire. And today the uh, reps consider the bill to allow female IGP. I think that this is some cherry news, you know, as against the uh, sack or suspension of a lady cop, you know, who got pregnant and they said that uh, is not, you know, part of the rules, for example. Well, we have this insert from Alhajilai Mohammed. Take a listen when we come back. We're going to start the conversation with our guest. Stay here. rating seriously so we actually went and analyzed the ratings and we found that there's been some gaps there's seen some gaps uh, uh, either there's not, we, have, we have not forwarded enough data or they have not you know analyzed such data because we found it strange that the country's rating in certain areas remain the same for a period of you know ten years, and we are we are making you know uh, we are we are we are we are we are taking remedial measures so that we can they can uh, they, they can get this data in respect of these uh, uh, you know sectors because we believe that it's it's not possible for you not to improve. 
for you not to uh, uh, um, lose points for 10 years. So there's, there's a bit of discrepancy there. And you see that in recent time, we've embarked on various reforms at the sea, at our seaport, so that our rating uh, will, uh, will, will improve. So that is why we're concentrating on the ease of doing business, making sure that people can get to the post, clear the goods in, you know, in, in good terms. And by the time some of these uh, reforms are put in, you know, start yielding uh, you know, fruit, I'm sure that our, our, the perception will be. All right, there you have it. Uh, Minister for Information and Culture, Lajalai Mohammed, they are saying that, I mean, the discrepancy, he said that discre there's discrepancy, bit of discrepancy with the outcome of Transparency International. Uh, basically, that was what he was saying. He said that maybe uh, how they get their data and maybe the federal government didn't give them the complete thing. We have our guest right here with us, uh, Mr. Moses Kopruda. He's a uh, teacher with the Plateau State Polytechnic. Good evening and thanks for coming, sir. It's my pleasure, and good evening, please. Yeah, well, long time no see, and but glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, talk. Let's uh, go straight into the conversation. Let's start with uh, the uh, the group, you know, raising dust about the sighting of the Federal Polytechnic in Shandam. Uh, that has been really controversial. While others are saying that it shouldn't be in Nyak, that is the village of the governor. Uh, some are saying that it should be in Shandam. Uh, what is the position of the law, for example, when it comes to uh, that? Well, um, first and foremost, we want to appreciate and thank members of the National Assembly that had lobbied and the bill was passed through the National Assembly and the approval was given by the federal government. This is a welcome development. This is a cheering news that all of us in Plateau State are supposed to appreciate. But then, you see, we cannot allow self to uh, overrule our collective sense of reasoning. The controversy surrounding the location of the Federal Polytechnic has been a thing of concern to Plateau people. It is something of note that the armed bandits and the kidnappers have now turned or directed the arsenals on tertiary institutions, particularly institutions that have no security. Now, when you take a very serious institution like this to a village that has no infrastructures in place, it clearly shows that the M is defeated. What stops the government from citing the polytechnic? Assuming, okay, let's be biased in terms of zone. Mm. What stops the government from citing the polytechnic within Shandan local government itself? No, but it's, it's within Shandam. I'm but the talking group... of the Shandam local government because I was told and from my investigation is that it's a serious problem, particularly between the government and the landowners. This thing can obviously be settled. Don't forget about the fact that this issue of federal polytechnic did not start now in this regime. Jiang also had lobbied. But because of the problems of the landowners, 
today, GSSD that ordinarily is supposed to be the location has become a different thing entirely. So they had to miss it entirely. But the issue on ground is this. If you are taking this uh, serious institution to your own village, one, do we have infrastructural facilities in place? The roads, the electricity, and other things. Of course, it's good for development, and it's going to attack development. But do we have these things in place? What aspect is this issue of security? Let, yeah, yeah, let me read out what the group, you know, concerns Shandam citizens. Uh, they, they put out a statement signed by Homen Tuamlong, Prinkwap, Walong, Swar Sukmendong, and Menlad Kumlong. Maybe I'm not pronouncing it uh, very well. Uh, they said the bill for the establishment of the school unambiguously stated that the proposal for the establishment of the Federal Polytechnic, if considered and approved by the federal government, should be cited in Shandam Tam, where it and not anywhere in Shandam local government area. Good. So, <coughs> if the bill, if this what is contained in the bill, where are we, why are we shifting the goalposts? Why are we changing the narrative now? Will you say that maybe the governor is nepotic, you know, for uh, citing it in his own uh, village? Well, if, if he wants to cite it in his own local, in his own village, that is okay. But do we have the infrastructural facilities in place that will warrant the takeoff of this? institution we should not allow self to our right our sense of reasoning nobody is against the federal polytechnic it's for our development as part of people but the truth of the the truth must be said as it is now this press release is coming from his ethnic nationalities and this clearly shows that they themselves are not even happy with the sighting of local government in the, the federal polytechnic in his own village. Because they had looked at other parameters. They have looked at other factors. And they expect that the governor would have taken into account. It's still the same Shandam local government. But the truth of the matter is, do we just imagine what is happening in, in the, in the, in the corners, particularly in the north, northwest. The schools are not safe. Now, when you take it to your village, your village is, it has boundary with Taraba State and it's just a bushy area. The invaders, the bandits, and the terrorists are there. They are locked up in the bushes all over. So what's the security? What, what, what uh, assurance do we have that if this, the Federal Polytechnic is sited there, our walls will be secured? Or rather, the students of the institution will be secured. Okay, let's talk but about... But you see, I may not likely blame him. Why? Why is the that? The issue is because we've gotten ourselves in a very terrible situation. I liken it up to a situation whereby we have not left Egypt, neither have we reached the promised land. So we are just rigmaroling about in Plateau State. Hitherto, somebody was at the helm of affairs. He was accused of the same thing. Now, what has changed? Ponsa, let's be fair to ourselves. What has changed? Nothing has changed. It's still the same thing. So, if you say thou shalt not commit adultery, will you also commit adultery? Because it was the gospel of thou shalt not commit adultery that brought this government on board. So, would you also commit adultery? So, these are very obvious issues. You see, we are yet to reach that point in Plateau State 
where we get leaders who are selfless, who are not selfish. selfish. This is why all these controversies, this corporate of controversy is everywhere. Okay. Well, let's talk about, uh, I mean, I learned that uh, uh, Plato Staple Technic, you know, the lecturers, they are on strike. Would you like to tell us, you know, what's happening uh, there that led to the strike action? What, what, what really is the bone of contention? Well, the strike is both national and local. Okay, talk to us about local. Ordinarily, I'm not supposed to talk about the issue of the strike because I'm not the chairman, not the chairman of the mm-hmm. academic staff union. But then, part of the problems is this issue of compulsory deduction. By who? By, by the state government. In respect of this has been put, put in place. Plus Chema, the new... Exactly. Now... So uh, is it that there wasn't any prior notice that uh, monies from your salary will be deduct- uh, deducted? No, no. There wasn't prior notice? Was, it wasn't a statutory it, deduction. It, it wasn't a statutory because there was no law backing it up. Hmm. We woke up one day and they said, well, a directive has been given by the state government. That our salary should be deducted in respect of this health health scheme. Mm. Now, as an individual, if you ask me now, what is the benefit to me? I don't know. Now, no, but it's health insurance. Yeah, but maybe the, the question should be: Do we have uh, enough HMOs uh, that would, you know, uh, make sure that HMOs are hospitals basically uh, that will make sure that you get treated if you are sick, you know, uh, uh, with your insurance within the scheme? You see, the issue, uh, Paimi and Ponsa. Uh, uh, Go around and make your assessment and appraisal of the health facilities we have. Most of the hospitals are just mere consulting centers. So people are becoming apprehensive and suspicious of the whole thing. Is it that government is trying to use it as a conduit pipe or what? Now, how do I stand to benefit? I don't, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, this scheme is, I'm still in the dark. How do I benefit? How are my children going to benefit from it? Nobody has told me anything. Woke up one day and they said, well... For how said, long has this been going Yeah, the, this salary has been deducted, or rather an instruction has been given. Worker salary should be deducted because of her skin. It's okay. Has the deduction style been implemented? It has been implemented. Because For how long? It, of course, because I can't say with any degree of certainty because mm. I don't work in the account section. Mm. They gave instruction and so they have to be... You see, the issue on ground is that if you, it's just like issue of, okay, for instance, the... PNG, pension and gratuity account. All most governments comes and because of the contribution of both workers and government, they begin to put, put their eyes on the contribution of workers. I am not a civil servant, I'm a lecturer. If I finish my years of service, or if for instance the inevitable happens, my dependents should be able to have access to you. Your savings. Exactly. Not only my savings, but at least to my entitlement. Of course. And at most, three months, they should pay them. But now the government wants to squash it, sending a bill to the state assembly that it should be squashed so that they will not take us back to the civil service era. As I speak to you right away, I lost my wife, my wife of blessed memory. I don't even know where the file is. Hmm. Talk more of me pursuing the file. I don't know. You go to the ministry, the state ministry of finance, even if eventually the file, the file has been worked on. It's an issue of, can we share it together? Mm. If you want to check out, can we share it together? But for how long? She has dependents, she has students. 
and to even add salt to injury. They will tell you the government does, has not even given money for anybody to pay debt entitlements for gratuity. So you are taking us back again to go back and begin to suffer like the civil servants. And you are sending a bill. But you see, the issue on ground is this. This is where the issue of separation of power is very paramount and important. The members of the State Assembly cannot just accept any type of bill from the executive and give it a quick passage. And I want to use this opportunity to still call on the members of the State Assembly. This bill compelling us to go back to the civil service era, I think is evil. It is just not fair to workers. You, you don't expect... You know how it means, how tedious it means for somebody to, to lecture from morning 8 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the night. Civil servants don't work like us. Mm. But you must have to work. You must lecture the students, whether you accept it or not. And no, nothing, no addition, nothing. And then for somebody to retire after exhausting his energy, then you are asking him to go back and compare, to go to the pension board and begin to queue and to be placed on pension. Only to be placed on pension. Some people have retired. I'm not even be placed on pension. So these are very serious issues that members of the state assembly need to look. But unfortunately, and I say this, and I say this with all sense of seriousness, the member, the the house of assembly we put in place. It's only God that will help us in Plateau State, because the issue on ground is that every governor you see, when he comes on board, he looks at his lackeys looks at surrogates he can use. He looks at readily available instruments he can use. And if within the context of this definition, you are not amongst, certainly forget about it. So what the I, what, undue interference of government in the leadership of the State Assembly. What have been the body language of the government uh, since I'm sure that probably uh, before the strike started, there will have been letters written to the state government, maybe letters written to the relevant authorities seeking clarification. Probably there were no responses if there was any, you know, such letters. But, you know, the strike is, I don't know, maybe you have any information whatsoever as regards the body language of the government or the responses of the relevant authorities. Well, I have been in touch with my chairman, the chairman of the Academy Staff Union. I've had a series of discussions with him in order to give my own input as a member because it affects me directly. But from all indications, it's like there was no consultation before the union before the implementation of this policy. So it's as if it was a draconian law. It was a law that emanated from the government and for obvious reasons best known to them. If I am sick, I should look for the hospital that will treat me. And if government meant well for us, they should call our leaders, our union leaders, on board, let's discuss this issue. Let's look at the pros and the cons. Let's look at the advantages and disadvantages of this program. And then, of course, since it's a health insurance scheme, of course, it's for the benefit of, of the, the citizenry. But the truth of the matter is that you cannot impose a program or a scheme without my own consent. The thing is voluntary. Mm. It's just like issue of joining of unions. I may decide not to even be a union member. You can't force me. So this composite disruption is from where? Why are they deducting it? Why are they making the composite in the first instance? So, but at the national level, I see the laxity and the complacency and the compromise of our leadership. 
Because before now, he, they would have affirmed and asserted their position and authority. Because the federal government thinks that because it's only ASU, there is ASU, there is a union. All other as unions are secondary. And so they don't give proper attention to other this. Now look at the, the polytechnic bill. Now, as I speak to you, we are being governed by the NBT, National Board for Technical Education. They come out with their condition of service. They come out with, with so many conditions for us. And the thing is uniform. Across the across country. Across both, both state and federal. Federal, yeah. Now, for instance, uh, as a senior lecturer, before you now go, you'll be promoted to a principal lecturer. There are certain conditions you will meet, both at the federal and the state polytechnic. But, and it is uniform. And then you cannot go to the state polytechnic and say, no, is this a state polytechnic? Therefore, this condition should, should be, be uh, relaxed. Mm. Certainly no. But then the salary structure is not the same. Mm. For federal and state. Yes. So you operate the under the same rules and your remunerations are different. It's different. That's the thing. Because mm. as I speak to you now, I am a, if I'm a senior lecturer, for instance, maybe in country starting, and a cleaner is in country starting, it's the same salary. Mm. There's no difference. He comes and cleans his office three, three hours off he goes. And they collect the same And the same salary. In fact, some of our, what do you call uh, secretaries, as head of department, you discover that somebody is in quantity 11 and your secretary is in, in quantity 13. Because their own condition of promotion is different from and your you are own. The head of the department. And you're head of the department. So when you issue out the instruction, he chooses which instruction to accept or to because obey. on the grade level, exactly, exactly. Now let's talk about the La Long Legacy Project. Now, yes. uh, the governor, of course, is, is of public knowledge that the governor had always, you know, prided himself as, if you rate him as the governor that completes inherited project the most among all the governors in this country. I've heard him talk about it on, you know, on the medias. But as it is now, are we expecting to have? series of abandoned projects looking at the issue of the, the revoking the license and doing all of these things from 40 something 46 billion back to 26 billion or thereabouts we read that the principal contractor that been you know withdrawn and they have the subcontract there seems to be a lot of problems maybe on the surface or deep down and the days are counting down for the uh, you know for the government to leave office talking about the gov government of uh, you know governor simon bakula long should we worry about how many uncompleted projects you know this government will be leaving behind because of these economic issues that have been raised? You see the 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 position of government that they want to complete abandoned projects is highly acceptable and is something we need to commend the government. But the biggest problem is there are a lot of inordinate desires and programs behind it. We are saying it's as plateau people. This money is our own. It, plateau state is not a private estate. It belongs to all of us. Government will come and go. And they are supposed to be accountable to us. Now, if there's a weighty allegation like this, what is the state assembly supposed to do? They are supposed to swing into action. 
right? And then constitute a panel of inquiry to investigate. Is it true that certain contracts were terminated? I mean, the contract, it was alleged that yes. uh, the PDP alleged that it's 59 billion. Yes, it was terminated. But it was reviewed to 29, but uh, the, it was terminated. Let me oh. just quote Bebatim what uh, Bashir, uh, Malam Bashir Musa, the secretary of the All Progressives Congress, said. He said, It is curious that a so called opposition party will be sulking over the termination of the, con- of the contract of a non performing entity instead of commending the government for taking that bold and right step to, among other things, save the Commonwealth of the people of Plato State from plunder to ensure that the long-suffering subcontracts of Blenessin, who are own citizens, many of whom have become bankrupt on account of deliberate non-payment for completed milestones, get some much-needed reprieve. Uh, to ensure the critical project, including schools and hospitals, meant for the benefit of our people, are completed on time. Now, the governor some time ago was quoted. I mean, he appeared on channels television that he is building 10 world-class hospitals, for example. Uh, will you suggest or recommend to the House of Assembly uh, or the state government to file a uh, to maybe drag, you know, the, this contractor uh, to the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission? Because, I mean, if they're saying that because of irregularities and he's not paying subcontractors, then what are you doing with the money that you get from the federal government? Exactly. What I'm saying is this. This allegation is too weighty to be swept under the carpet. The State Assembly and if EFCC need to wait into this issue, into this crisis, so that they'll investigate properly. You see, for the mere fact that you enjoy immunity now, that does not mean you will escape justice. Don't forget about the fact that the mouth that shouted Hosanna will also shout crucify him tomorrow. It is because you are in power, people come with a lot of uh, sugar-coated stories here and there. But you see, like I said, it's lack of check and balance. And the lack of check and balance is emanating from the fact that the leadership in place are the beck and call of the executive. And secondly, there is no autonomy to the institution that's supposed to check Executive recklessness. Now, everybody is afraid of his position. Everybody is trying to guard, to, to, uh, to shield and to protect his position. For whatever reasons based on to them. But then, no matter how long it will take, the will of justice will always come to pass. It's just a matter of time. These are weighty allegations that I expect that by now public spirited individuals and plateau citizens will now call for a proper investigation. Is it true that the contract was terminated because the behind the cotton settlement was not properly settled? Is it true that it's just a mere allegation? But you see, the truth is immutable. And the truth is like a smoke. No matter how you, sep- you suppress it, it will rear its head one day. So wh- how will you assess uh, the Lalong administration? Uh, will you say that is on the path uh, to 
rescue plateau. He came in 2015 with uh, uh, rescue. And then uh, in 2019, I've forgotten uh, what he came, you know, uh, with. But if I remember, I would do say it. But will you say that he's on the right path to rescue plat- uh, plateau with this? It's left for plateau people to judge and assess the government. Because at the end Are of the day, it may be that um, abandoned project will be spread across the uh, state. Exactly. Are they actually working to rescue Plateau? What were they rescuing Plateau from? Hitherto, we had a governor that was a specialist in infrastructure development, forgetting the fact that he was somebody that was unbendable. And he was unbendable, of course. I'm a manager by profession and by training. If you want to achieve your goal, you go autocratic, even in a democratic setup. Because the led must agree with the leader for the leader to achieve his goal. But to a reasonable extent, apart from, let's look at it, his only his biggest minus is that issue of uh, human capital development, which was not properly given attention. But he left an indelible print. He left a perceptible impact. Accept it or leave it. In terms of infrastructural development, his projects are littered everywhere in the state. Nobody can accuse this man of non-performing. So, but you see, the, the everybody has his focus. Lo and behold, of course, we the infrastructural development were put in place, and the human capital development suffered. Now we have somebody okay who said, "Okay, let let me give." Let the human capital be given a sigh of relief. Payment of salaries is good. Mm-hmm. To God be the glory. At least I can save, I can borrow. I have just started a project. I have borrowed the money from my cooperative. Just started a project because I'm sure that the salary comes and they will deduct the money from my salary, which is very good. <coughs> but you see, you have to balance up. The human capital development and the there are two resources in an organization, the human resources and the material resources. Okay, let's talk about the statement you know credited to the uh, speak of the deputy speakers of representative and of course the reaction of the speaker saying that he went tendering an apology to Honorable Mark Billa from Benue State. Ah, uh, my brother, this is plateau for you. People were maimed, killed. Properties destroyed. Nobody came on board to present our plight before the National Assembly. Like other regions. Don't forget the fact that the deputy speaker of the House of Representatives is a four-timer. He knows the intrigues. He knows the strategies, the schemings, the plans put in place. It is rather unfortunate, and I said it with all sense of seriousness and without any reservation of apology, that somebody from a crisis-ravaged area would literally turn down a petition from a minority like him. All of us are minority. He is from Wasi. I'm from Panchin. The man who presented the petition is from Benue. But because of regional and religious considerations, and because of his future political pursuit, he decided to turn down the petition. And with no reservation of apology, 
And unfortunately for him, his principal, who is the Speaker of the Federal House of Representatives, accepted the petition and accepted that it would be discussed. This man is from, he's a Yoruba man from Lagos. And you are from Plateau. And it's only for me to read on social media that caucus of the National Assembly are passing a vote of confidence on the Speaker of Deputy Speaker House of Reps. What a shame and disgrace to so, our members. What do you mean by that? Passing a vote of confidence on something, on an issue that you know that it is it, it has become cancerous? It's on an issue that you know that it's militating against the the existence of your people. It should be in the forefront to accept the petition. But for obvious reasons, based on, let me ask you this question. Now, this, I'm the one asking the question. Okay, I will still ask you back. Okay. Now, the issue on ground is that how many infrastructural facilities, or how many abandoned federal government projects has he approved? Has he lobbied for approval? Talk more of bringing more projects in Plateau State. He's only interested in his orthopedic, orthopedic in, in Wasi. How many orthopedic students do we have from Wasi? He's only interested in that. We have federal roads that were approved even the days, in the days of Yaradua. These roads have not even been started. Not before the, the, the expiration of the first turn of Buhari. He said from Kefi down to, to Joss and to Gombe, they are going to dualize the road. What have they done about it? It's going to affect us directly as practical people. What have they done about it? Look at the abandoned uh, federal government projects in Jute. What have they done about it? Look at the federal look at the the federal road uh, ponsa between uh, Panyam and Wamba. What have they done about it? This is where we're missing Mantu. Mantu was removed from from power not because of anything but because of sentiments. So you're, you, you're they, promoting they, sentiments. It is just sentiments that removed Mantu. Mantu was a good man. Let me just tell you. History will vindicate how many federal government projects uh, appointments did he lobby. He strategically placed himself used his position and brought so many federal government projects. Let's take phone calls. So we've been uh, speaking with uh, Mr. Moses Kobroda. Uh, he's a lecturer of the Plateau State Polytechnic, and we've talked about uh, the strike, uh, the and deduction by Plus Chema, uh, Plateau State uh, Healthcare Contributory Agency, uh, headed by Dr. Fabong. I, I just hope that uh, maybe Dr. Fabong grant us audience uh, to hear his own side of the story. And he said, according to Mr. Kobroda, I said, that was one of the reasons that they are currently on strike because according to uh, some of them, it's illegal and they weren't informed, for example. And then we talked about uh, the issue of uh, uh, the uh, revoking of the Lalong Legacy Project, and now we're talking about the uh, statement, you know, from and of course how the Speaker of the House of Assembly, uh, you know, respond to that. Zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thanks for calling. Good evening. Thank you very much. My name is Abi Kumar. I'm calling from Tijan Tijan. You have one minute, please. We thank you for calling. Yes, I comment your guest. You have spoken well. Let me start by this issue of shifting of federal polytechnic from the normal location to another location by the governor. This is the governor. It is not supposed because development is supposed to be in everywhere in Plateau State, not only in the village or in the local government in particular. And actually, it's a very, very bad development to share that uh, the polytechnic that they have reduced their salary 
when we check the level of education in Nigeria, and there's nothing to talk about in this present administration nationwide because the education is the main key of development. But if they are suffering education like this, we don't know what are they heading to. So this is a very, very bad development. And lastly, the issue of uh, development or the question that you asked about Plateau State government, everybody in Plateau State know the development in Plateau State. There's nothing to talk about. There is a lot of road that is abandoned. There is a lot of road that the, the, uh, the former administration have done. See this Jogon Karate Road, there's nothing to talk about. From British American Goat and Gorokuba Road, there's nothing to talk about. The, the, the stadium, there's nothing to talk about. So we don't you not see any a lot of infrastructure and plateau that Thank we you. are going to cover our body. Appreciate your Thank thoughts. You Thank you. After this call, we'll take some uh, Facebook comments. Hello, yeah, good, good evening. evening. Thanks good for calling. Thanks for calling. Let me talk about the the issue of the movement of the polytechnic, the site of the polytechnic. See, sometimes people ask the questions, so we always complain that. How to ask? How to say this? Why do you think that people always clamor for? Let the president come from my place. Let the governor come from my place. It is because of lack of equity, fairness. Justice. It's because in Nigeria, when you become the president, all federal institutions, all many federal institutions will be cited in your state, not just in your state, but in your zone, as we have today. It is because as a governor, when any federal project is coming to you move it to your village. If not, if there is equitable distribution of uh, infrastructure, who will care? Of where the president comes from or where the governor comes from. Like in America now, the, pres the president ought to approve the issue of fighting of roads or federal in uh, institutions. It's not his business. There are so many other things for the president or governor to do. But in, in Nigeria, when you become the president, you move further polytechnic, you move further universities, starting with university, federal universities to your to your place, you move another part to your place. As the governor, anything that comes, whether it's hospital or any other thing, for you to show that you have done well for your people, you to be able to move what belongs to other people in of the state, to move to, to your to your village. Until we change our mentality, until we change that attitude, we will continue to fight and kill ourselves as to where that where the president who, I mean, comes from or where the governor comes from. Thank we you. have to be very careful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, let's take some comments on Facebook. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, from Albert Dagza, it says, I want to commend Governor Lalong and all those who worked towards attracting the Federal Polytechnic to Plateau State. Uh, they've done well. I want to disagree with the guest when he said that the institution shouldn't be cited in Lalong's village for the reason of the location being remote and sharing boundaries with Taraba State, thereby making it uh, vulnerable to insecurity. Uh, the state investing focus is located in a cement secure location, but it marred with various forms of crime. It that time we put our hands on deck to make sure that things work well. Okay. Uh, Transparency International and other human rights organizations won't see this gross abuse of the fundamental human rights of these students abused by Hizba. They will go ahead and ignore it. Okay, I saw the report about that earlier today. Moses Yaro says, I'm perturbed because in the face of going insecurity, banditry, abduction, ETC, students have been on the receiving end. Why would the Federal Protecting be located to a remote area and despite the security challenges? Industrial action cannot happen without notices to the government of the day. 
I know I don't really support strike action, but since the government sees nothing wrong with that, no qualms at all. Okay. Ah, uh, Lalong is trying so hard to manipulate what does not belong to him. God is watching from Luan Ringchang. Seriously, Nigerians are too ironical. What a country. God bless JFM. Okay, thank you. Mimi Tanko says everything about this country is a joke. I'm watching the episode of the series called Nigeria. Gimba Bolus, the government of the day didn't value education at all because of this incident strike. May God intervene. Nigeria is just something else. Only God can help us in this country. Education has no value at all in this country. I guess the initial citation of the federal police was not supposed to be in Shandam. Our system of government has failed us already. Joe Barry says, the sanity of some of our leaders need to be checked and also looked into. Some bills are against our growth and development as a nation. God bless Nigeria. The issue of strike in Nigeria has become a normal thing because even the government don't even care about the welfare of its workers anymore. May God help us in this country. From Manasseh Hapsin, education is under threat in, the, in Nigeria considering the attacks on schools by bandits and lack of priority on education by the government. Strike is now the order of the day in Nigeria. May God heal this country. I strongly disagree with Governor Elrifa of Kaduna State for saying that he's against negotiation with bandits. I look at the statement just to divert people's attention. This was the same governor who said that they paid bandits so that they should stop killing the people. Means that they know the bandits. Where are those Boko Haram repentant that the government was planning to rehabilitate? We want to know where the federal government has hidden them. I don't trust this government at all. From Comrade Dandok Antibas. Nigerian storyline get K-Leg. Okay. Aji Slim, Aji Slim says, this life is only what we can learn to live out and live together for good. Education has lost its value in this country. More phone calls on the show. Hello and good evening. Good evening and the guest. Good evening, yeah. Join the conversation. Tell us your name. Thanks for calling. My name is Ishaya. I live from here. We're listening to you, Ishaya. Well, I'm saying kudos to your guests. You have spoken well. But now, what I would like people to know that we should please put sentiment aside. There are so many projects that are left. And I think till 2023, nothing will be done about them. Even as I'm speaking to you, our road here in Jail by the past administration and no anybody has take a look at this road. So what I would like the governor to do, even you will not implement a single new project, but since this one will be a plus to him. And secondly, I supported the strike of the polytechnic uh, staff because then so nothing for them to consult the government thank you what they are doing is right thing thank you thank you well let's take some tweets Dimas is saying if negotiating with bandit is not the way forward then what do we do if they have succeeded in kidnapping our brothers and sisters are we going to use force to rescue them their lives at risks what can we do to save their lives what other way uh, apart from negotiation Imani 2-1 is saying Nigerian leaders will always be nepotic 
cite the Polytechnic at the proposed site. And as for Lai Mohammed, I don't blame him for speaking the way he does. We have media shy leaders who Mr. President is part of because uh, they don't address their citizens. Austin E. saying the governor should respect the rule of law and cite the Polytechnic where it has been proposed. On the legacy project, I have not seen any. Uh, any. So which project is he revoking? Is he admitting that he has failed? There's time for giving account of stewardship. Thomas Tuckman is saying, in as long as it falls under the Lalong administration, no question. He definitely put it in his locality, but I know it will basically happen like that. Waited for so long for this unremarkable achievement, only to be having uprising concerning location, humanness, and their act. Well, Mr. Kobroda, please uh, respond to, you know, just few comments and, of course, uh, give your parting words. Well, um, thank God that uh, lot of people uh, become more conscientized than before. And they are calling on the government to do the needful, which is right and timely at this material time. Let the government heed the, the popular decisions and position to plot to people and cite the institution where it's supposed to be. And of course, I want to use this opportunity to also call on the members of National Assembly from Plateau State to use this God-given position and God-given opportunity to ensure that projects, federal projects are completed approved and completed. Uh, while we don't want to disparage and vilify the Deputy Speaker of the Federal House of Representatives, we want him to be uh, manly enough to assert his authority, assert his position, to lobby for projects that will come to Plateau State. I think that is the only way we can't equally look at him as a plateau man. Don't forget about the fact that government will come and go, but plateau states still remain. Thank you. We are praying, anticipating, and expecting that one day God will raise for us selfless leaders, leaders who will listen to the yearnings, the cry of the oppressed, the cry of the, the citizens of this state so that this will move on well. Um, while we pray, we also walk. Because very soon, we'll go into another political dispensation. And we are not careful again to bring on board 21st century ESOS. We will still live with the repercussions until the end of another term. Thank you very much, sir. So we pray that God, in his infinite mercy, will choose for us a David and not an Eliab. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and God bless. Thank you. I, I just uh, felt as if I was listening to a homily. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe you need to write this as a homily. Well, look, I mean, in 30 seconds, your final word. Well, I would continue to, you know, set the priorities right. Uh, leadership is all about timeliness. Uh, it's all about making good use of the numbers that you have. And if the government of the day, headed by Simon Bako, Lalong, had come out and say he has a good relationship with the presidency, this is where it matters in terms of what comes down to the state from the federal, you know, quota system. Here, that way, you want to look at that stadium at Zero is over 30 years old. It's an edifice. It should be one of the best that we we'll have anywhere in this continent. 
I just hope that these people will set their priorities right and not leave projects that are going to be abandoned and, you know, debt inherited. I just feel we deserve better as a nation. Good evening, stay out of trouble. My name is Okwemi Akiyode. My name is Ponsak Fanap. I'm inviting you to stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Thank you very much, Mr. Moses Kobroda, for coming. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. Podcast.